Well, welcome to our broadcast today, The Wonderful Words of Life. I want you to listen to the psalmist this morning. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory, because of your mercy and because of your truth. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. So Heavenly Father, we come before you now. We want to praise you and thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, we trust in the living God who is able to deliver us from all evil and to preserve us unto your heavenly kingdom. So Father, uh, we praise you today. We give you honor and glory today. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you've made. And Lord, we'll rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day of our healing. Today is the day of our satisfaction. Lord, the fact that you provide for us, you supply all of our needs. So Lord, there's so much to give thanks to you. And we are very, very thankful. Father God, thankful people have much to be thankful for. So we thank you for that. And we give you praise and honor and glory today. But now listen to what also the word of God says. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. And then the psalmist declares this, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. So, Lord, we just come before you and we humble ourselves before you. We humble ourselves as we begin to just to uh, study uh, your word. We, we acknowledge the fact that, Lord, we didn't bring salvation. It's not a product of ourselves. Lord, it is you that called us. It is you, Father, that put the spirit of God on the inside of us. It's you that convicted us, Lord, and caused us to repent and to be drawn by the Spirit of God to uh, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we want to live our life every day as an offering to you. So, Lord, we do that by faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we just are determined today to walk in obedience uh, to your words uh, to your word, Father God, and also to um, the, the, uh, the, the governing power of the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in unity with the Spirit of God. And Lord, uh, we are determined to love you today with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And Lord, uh, uh, to love our neighbor as ourself. So Lord, we offer ourselves unto you, Lord. Hallelujah. We humble ourselves before you. We ask you, Father, to use us today for your glory and for your honor and for your praise, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in the public square, whether it is at home, uh, ministering to our children and conducting our household. Father God, wherever we are, Lord, we always uh, walk in, in humility towards you and Father God, we, oh yes, Lord, and we thank you that when we do that, you said, Father, you will magnify uh, our life. Hallelujah. So Father, your word says this, you resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. So Lord, with uh, much humility, we approach your word today 
And we want to thank you for giving us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. Uh, We're going to be in uh, the first epistle of Paul to the Corinthians. And of course, if... uh, uh, if you are familiar with or interested in the, the timeline of Paul's epistles, uh, this letter would be number three, uh, first and second Thessalonians being the first two epistles that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to the church. And so this would be number three. Now, this epistle was written somewhere between uh, 52 and 54 A.D. And to, and to give you a little perspective of this timeline, uh, we actually scholars think that uh, the Apostle Paul was born within two years of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, so the Apostle Paul would be roughly the same age as the Lord Jesus. So, uh, if Jesus was uh, crucified uh, around 33 A.D., then the Apostle Paul, who would have been Saul at that time, would have been somewhere around 30. Uh, 30, 31 years old. So uh, the fact that uh, that this epistle was written between 52 and 54 A.D. means that uh, the Apostle Paul uh, was in his 50s. And of course, um, 2,000 years ago, being 50 years old meant that you were uh, approaching old age. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the, uh, to the young Timothy, called himself Paul the Aged. And so that's uh, that's probably about 10, 15 years uh, from the date of the writing of this uh, epistle. So uh, Paul is getting up there in age, but uh, he's full of energy. He's full of vitality. And of course, if you wanted to uh, read up on Paul's visit to the city of Corinth, then you would uh, go to Acts chapter 18 and uh, Paul had a tremendous revival there that he was well received in the city of Corinth. And this was right after uh, his uh, his brief uh, time in Athens where um, he had no really uh, not very much success in uh, in the city of Athens, although there were a few that got born again. And the interesting thing about the the city of Athens, it was almost one hundred and twenty years after Paul's visit uh, to that city that a church was finally established. And so, um, and I, the reason I say that is because Athens was known as the, uh, what we would call today, the elitist uh, city uh, of Greece. And so uh, people uh, thought themselves highly intellectual and very hard to get uh, people who consider themselves to be uh, highly intellectual, uh, intelligentsia, uh, elitist, uh, to get to see the simplicity of the gospel because they think that it's so much below them. But but aren't you glad that, that you are born again? Aren't you glad that you have humbled yourself uh, to allow the gospel to come into your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to come in through uh, repentance and faith in Christ and made you a brand new person inside. And so uh, this is exactly what the Corinthians did. Now, the church of Corinth was a strong church, but it was an immature church. 
And what the church needed in Corinth was strong, mature leadership, which uh, they didn't have. And so uh, the Apostle Paul uh, is uh, serving in that role, and he's correcting a lot of things that uh, that uh, are, are problems uh, within that church. Uh, but we're not going to get into that right now. We're going to get into specifically the first uh, nine verses of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. So let me go ahead and read this uh, text to you. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon uh, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's reading uh, through uh, verse nine, and there's some things that uh, that I want to share with you concerning uh, these verses. Uh, but first of all, we want to go ahead and I guess that the proper title uh, for this uh, study today would be "Called of God." Called of God, Amen. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you have been called of God. Now, notice what Paul says here in verse one. Paul called to be, and I like that. I like that phrase, called to be. Called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. Notice the specific call that Paul mentions, called to be an apostle. And so I want to ask you a question. What are you called to be? Well, there there are many uh, areas within the church Many offices, many functions. Uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But, uh, but God has a plan and purpose for your life. And I want you to know that if you are a believer adrift and you have no idea uh, what your, where your place is within the body of Christ, maybe you're drifting from church to church, you're not satisfied, uh, there's not a place where you have planted yourself, where you're growing. I, I just want to invite you. You find a place. And God doesn't have to speak to you. He doesn't have to have a personal. You don't have to have a personal uh, visitation uh, from the Lord Jesus Christ for him to specifically tell you where to go. Uh, just find a place where you feel good and plug into that church and be involved in that church and, and begin to participate uh, in the things of God. At, when you do that by faith, then, uh, then you're going to find out what you're called to be. 
Now, uh, there are many people in the body of Christ. They're called to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And uh, they're called to be in helps and administrations. This is where I think uh, most believers are called to. That's where their purpose is. It's in helps and it is in uh, administrations. And that's in, that's within the local church. Well, there's administrators in different evangelical ministries and things of that nature. Um, people who have a, uh, a calling towards music, uh, playing music. I have a dear friend of mine. That's where his anointing is. His anointing is in singing and ministering and uh, does a, an outstanding job. And uh, so you have to find your place. There is a specific place that God has called you to be but if you don't step out in faith and just find whatever you find the hands to do, your hands to do, do it and do it with all your might, uh, you're probably never going to get into that first phase of ministry. And and remember, uh, and this is a this is a thought that you and I need to carry. Uh, we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus one day, and we're going to have to give an account for that calling that God has called us to be whether we recognize it or whether we don't recognize it. We need to be involved. Now, remember this, that when you came to Christ, you ceased to be your own. You became Christ's. You became his bondservant. You did this willingly. Amen. God did not uh, force you to get saved. Uh, He gave you the opportunity. He invited you. And we'll talk about that in a little bit too. And then you accepted the invitation. Well, Uh, Like Paul said, you know, we have been bought with a price. We are no longer our own. And so uh, this calling then, this specific calling becomes very, very important. Amen. Now, if you remember the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 13, Paul uh, did not determine himself that he was going to be an apostle. God called him. Remember when they were ministering? And the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I've called them. God didn't give them specific instructions. He didn't say to the Apostle Paul, I've called you to be an apostle. No. He just said, you separate yourselves to the ministry that I've called you to. Well, they didn't know where to go. They didn't have any specific plans. And so what did uh, Paul and, uh, and Barnabas do? Well, they went to um, Barnabas' home territory. Cyprus, because uh, Saul, I mean, uh, Barnabas had had contacts there and they started there. They, In other words, what I'm saying is that they took a step of faith and that's what you have to do. You have to take a step of faith. And so whatever is open, whatever church you're going to, whatever is open, just plug in. I don't care if it's children's ministry. I don't care if it's the nursery. Just get in there and do it by faith. And God will show you what the next step is. God will show you where you need to be. Amen. Praise God. And there's no, there's no telling. Uh, you may, the, the calling of an apostle might be on you or a prophet or evangelist or teacher may be, may be on you. But you don't recognize that now. But if you step out in faith and get busy, uh, God will show you that. So verse one again, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Notice this through the will of God, through the will of God. See, it's God's will that determines where you're going to be. 
Amen. You don't determine where you're going to be. You're just stepping out in faith. But God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. And he's going to put you and place you where you are to be. And when you get there, let me tell you this. You are going to be the happiest believer that you've ever been. You're going to be the most satisfied that you've ever been. And you're going to be the most prosperous that you've ever been. There's four things I think that every believer should be involved in. And these four things will lead this person, this believer, into revival. Number one, an appreciation and a love for the word of God. Number two, the desire to separate yourself unto God. In other words, there's coming into your life the desire to separate unto God. Uh, the word of God unto Jesus Christ himself, which means there's going to be a lot of things in the world that you enjoy doing. You're not going to want to do them because uh, there's something you want to do more. And that is you want to get closer to Christ. Uh, The ministry of prayer. Third thing. Amen. Separating ourselves also includes uh, increasing our prayer life. And then fourth, the desire to walk by faith, just to do what you sense in your heart, God wants you to do. Even if your mind is telling you, no, you, you can't do that, or even if you exceedingly fear and quake like what Moses said, still, you're going to step out in faith and you're going to do the will of God. And I'm telling you, for a believer that does that, he's going to be revived and he's going to find uh, his calling and his election. Amen. Uh, verse 2 says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Notice this. Here's the second use of this word call. It's the Greek word kletos, and it means to be divinely selected. It means to be invited. Amen. Let's read this verse again. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Notice once again, called to be. I love that phrase, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now notice that Paul says there unto the church of God. This is his address. Notice that uh, Paul didn't say my church. He didn't say to the Corinthians, your church. He called the church at Corinth the church of God. Amen. And I find this very interesting because in uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, now I want you to notice this now, he talks about the church of God. And I find this very important because the church of God is a church that has been called out. It's a church that Christ loved, that gave himself for it. Now, if you want to read uh, this, what I'm, what I'm teaching right now, is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. Uh, the church of God is the church that Christ loved. It's the church that Christ gave himself for. For what purpose? To sanctify it and to cleanse it with the washing of the word of God. Here, here we have again, Amen. The word of God, the preeminence of the word of God that leads us into revival. 
that he might cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself. Notice this, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is so uh, dynamic in its teaching because you'll see a sevenfold uh, what what Paul describes a sevenfold description of the church of God. And I'm telling you today, there's a lot of people that look at the church and laugh at the church and mock the church. I'm telling you what, the church of God, the real church, the true believers in Christ Jesus, those that are blood washed, those that have the Holy Spirit, uh, the church of God, God is not mocking that church. That's the church that Christ is coming for. And I certainly hope that you're a part of that church. But notice what else he says here. Unto the church of God, to them that are sanctified. That word sanctified means to separate. Remember, we're, we were talking about revival and the desire to, to, uh, to separate oneself unto God. Well, that's exactly through the new birth. That's what Jesus did. He separated us out of the kingdom of darkness or out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. He separated us for his use. And if God loved us enough to do that, don't you think he has a place for us? Don't you think he has a place for you? Well, certainly he does. Well, now let's pursue that. Let's find out. Let's find that place that God has for us. Amen. Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, a divinely, amen, listen to this. This is just so uh, excellent, amen, a divine calling, a divine invitation, a divine selection. He's called us to be saints, his consecrated ones. His holy ones. That's what the word uh, uh, saints means. Uh, Hagios is is the root word, which means to be holy or, or made holy. With all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now, here's another word, the word call. Amen. The call of Christ. The call of Christ. We call upon the name of the Lord. How can we do that? Because we have been called by Jesus. Therefore, we can call upon the name of the Lord. Now, remember what Jesus said in his upper room discourse. He says, whatever you ask, call upon in my name. That will I do that the Father may be glorified. That's John 14, 13. So right there, that gives you and I the confidence in prayer, that whatever we ask in his name, calling upon the name of the Lord, that prayer request is going to be answered. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Think about it. Think about all the needs in your life. Think about everything that you need God to come in. Amen. And, and fix or repair or, or answer or supply. Jesus said, because you're my child, because you have been called Unto me, you can call upon me in my name now. You can call in my name and I'll do it for you. Oh, I tell you what, there is such satisfaction. There is such satisfaction 
and knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Amen. All right, now let's go. Verse 3. Notice what else uh, the Apostle Paul writes. Now, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given unto you by Jesus Christ. So we've received grace when we came to Christ. We received grace. That's God's unmerited favor. His willingness to use his power on our behalf, even though we don't deserve it. And he did it. He does it for Jesus sake. Amen. Praise God. That in every place, notice this, ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Now the Corinthian church was noted to be a church where the gifts of the Holy Spirit were in operation. Now notice he says here in verse 6, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Now this is very important because this is the, a product of the new birth. When you get born again, there's a confirming that takes place first in your spirit that becomes evident to those that are around you. Amen. And this is quite evident because you had friends before you got born again. And then when you got born again, there was a definite change. And many of you, you lost your old friends. They didn't want to have fellowship with you anymore, or maybe you didn't want to have fellowship with them anymore. And you found a new group of friends, and those friends were, were people that you gravitated to. Why? Because they were born again. They were children of Almighty God, and that's who you wanted to fellowship with. Amen. And they accepted you. Why? Because they saw a difference in your heart and life. Amen. The evidence of Jesus Christ in you was confirmed. Notice he says, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, Amen. That's very important. There's a confirmation process that takes place. First, in your own spirit when you get born again, and then to others within the body of Christ that recognize that, yeah, yeah, brother so-and-so, he knows God. Amen. And are willing to accept you into their fellowship. Verse 7, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is something else that the church of Corinth was noted for. They were noted for the power gifts. They were noted for the ministry gifts. They were noted for the service gifts. Amen. All these gifts are in operations. That's why I say that the church at Corinth was a strong church, but they just needed adult, mature leadership. Amen. Now let's finish out verses 8 and 9. Who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, is God is working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. If you're born again now, amen, it is Christ that will confirm you unto the very end at the rapture of the, of the, of, of the church by the Lord Jesus Christ. So you just hang on to Jesus. Amen. What you're doing to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, you just keep right on doing it. Amen. Every day, day in, day out, day in, day out. And don't let the devil talk you out of it. Don't let the world talk you out of it. Amen. You just keep allowing the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to keep talking you into it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you're going to make it. I'm telling you, you're going to make it. As long as you uh, humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ, recognize Him as the Lord and Savior of your life, 
Amen. And you're determined to live a separated life. You're going to make it. And so finally, verse nine says this. God is faithful by whom you were called. Once again, there's that divine, divine selection. There's that invitation by whom you were called unto the fellowship, the union, the common union of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So what is verse nine? What's verse nine telling us? It's telling us very simply, amen, that you are in union with the Lord Jesus Christ and it comes to you through the new birth. And I wanna ask you and invite you today, do you know Jesus as your savior and Lord? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Well, amen. If you don't know that, that's the reason behind this radio program is to introduce you to the love and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to end with this verse. Notice what Paul says here. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Heavenly Father, we just uh, pray over those within uh, the sound of my voice. Lord, just quicken them according to your word. We thank you for the grace and mercy that's been revealed to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep us, Father God, in the hollow of your hand. As we humble ourselves before you, direct our heart into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Jesus Christ. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.